Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 748. Bachette sighed. Can I persuade you to focus your curiosity on more pressing matters? She asked, gesturing exasperated, firm rebuke. I quickly let the matter drop. Not only was Vachette my teacher, she was my only companion. The last thing I wanted to do was irritate her, or give the impression that I was less than attentive to her lessons. With that one disappointing exception, Vachette was a sparkling font of information. She answered my endless questions quickly and clearly. As a result, I couldn't help but feel that my skill in speaking and fighting was progressing in great leaps and bounds. Bachette did not share my enthusiasm and was not bashful about saying so. Eloquently, in two languages. Bachette and I were down in the hidden valley that contained the sword tree. We had been practicing our hand fighting for about an hour and were now sitting in the long grass catching our breath. Rather, I was catching my breath. Vachette was not winded at all. Fighting me was nothing to her, and there was no time when she couldn't chide me for sloppiness by reaching lazily past my defenses to cuff me on the side of the head. Vachette, I said, mustering the courage to ask a question that had been bothering me for some time. May I ask a question that is perhaps presumptuous? I prefer a presumptuous student, she said. I had hoped we were beyond the point of worrying about such things. What is the purpose of all this? I gestured between the two of us. The purpose of this, she mimicked my gesture, is to teach you enough so that you no longer fight like a little boy drunk on his mother's wine. Today, her sandy hair was tied in two short braids that hung down her back on either side of her neck. This made her look oddly girlish, and had not done wonders for my self-esteem over the last hour as she had repeatedly thrown me to the ground, forced me into submission, and struck me with countless solid but generously pulled back punches and kicks. At once, laughing, she had... And once, laughing... She had stepped easily behind me and slapped me firmly on the ass, as if she were a lecherous taproom drunk and I some low-bodiced serving girl. But why, I asked, to what purpose are you teaching me? If Tempe was wrong to teach me, why continue to teach me more? Bachette nodded approvingly. I've been wondering how long it would take you to ask that, she said. It should have been one of your first questions. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have a question. Mm-hmm. That should have been one of your first questions. <laughs> okay. What is a font when it's not letters? A fountain, a wellspring, a uh, a source. I thought this was like a, a technical question about what you call a font. No, no, Jeremy got it. No, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> If you are a font of knowledge, you are a source, a wellspring of knowledge. Well, now I feel like I have to do research on 
the word font and if it initially came from the idea of fountains because like letters are the wellsprings of words. I suspect that the etymological root of the word font as in fountain and the word font as in a typeface are completely different. Aww. I so badly wanted to find a connection there. Well, I, I'm just saying that, you know, based on my gut, you can do the it's, research. It's and prove related me wrong. to the Latin fundere, which is melt, cast, or pour out. Right. And a font was originally made of like iron, like typecast. Yes, exactly. So it is, oh, it is the, I get the it. casting. Yep. So they are related. Ah, yes. Thank you, Nick. There you go. Asked and answered. They're called upper and lower case because they were literally kept in a yeah, case. Yeah, there were two cases. The, yes, you'd keep the small letters in the lower case. You'd keep the uh, large letters in the upper case. Yeah, and they call it leading because you would put a piece of lead between the, the layers. And they called it kerning because you would uh, pick the little kernels of popcorn out of your teeth. And I will uh, pick the you... popcorn kernels out of your brain if you don't let me finish what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sassy Jordana is in the house. Uh, okay. I have another note a little further down the page. It is very briefly related to the page in that it has to do with the words on it, but otherwise is not related to page. And that is that they were sitting in the long grass and my brain instantly went to stand in the long grass. Because of the raptors? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, obviously. Right. Yes. Or the Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. One or the other. Both can be dangerous. Yeah, you're in danger of being ambushed. Yeah, but one by a cuddly creature and the other by a Pokemon. Hey-o! <laughs> Hey-o! <laughs> oh, it's, I, I'm already tired. <laughs> That's when you're going to uh, do your podcasting, you know, from this, from Spinning Leaf. You're going to give us your best podcasting. Oh, my God. You're right. We should do an episode on, like, this the... The Spinning Leaf the, of podcasting? Yeah, the, the martial of arts of that podcasting. Is podcasting. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like how to induce the perfect podcasting state. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the answer to that question. Neither do you, I don't think. Well, what is the perfect podcast? What is the sound of one podcasting? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, God. It's very funny <laughs> to picture Vachette in braids. It, it does just juxtaposed because i picture all the atom as being kind of like serious martially prepared looking people but and two braids like just does not fit that image at all two braids is a good hairstyle if you're going to be swinging swords around like it's very handy to i'm sure your it, hair back it keeps your, your hair out of your way it's just yeah. I, the it evokes like girlishness right little girl yeah exactly it evokes the only time long stocking this is not the only time that quoth sort of like resents being beaten up by a girl like as much as quoth is uh, you know, has his progressive attitude. He still has some, shall we say, uh, dated chauvinistic tendencies. Which, to be fair to everyone involved, I think uh, were more widely held at the time this book was written. I certainly grew up with the idea, you know, of like chivalry being uh, something to internalize and something worthwhile and not really uh, critique, not really like pick apart the parts of chivalry that are uh, more troublesome, so shall we say? Indeed, chivalry. I disagree with all of that. He's not talking about chivalry. He's talking about like the flip side. He's talking about the annoyingness of getting beaten up by a girl uh, when you are a man. To me, that's kind of related to the, I don't know, for some reason that evokes like, I think of Quoth as, as thinking himself as chivalrous, right? But Quoth isn't like, he does not have the contemporary ideas 
of uh, gender equality, uh, shall we say, that are being tossed around now, possibly because at the time they didn't really exist. They hadn't developed to the state they are now. Well, I Um, mean... Also, he lives in a world where the genders are patently unequal. Like it's not it's not like he is a sexist in a world where we've moved on from sexism. Like his entire society is sexist. And yes, he is a symptom of a much greater problem. Sure. And I mean, you know what? I like to think of myself as a pretty progressive guy and I think that I might have my my butt chapped a little bit if I had my ass thoroughly handed to me by a woman twice my age. I Jeremy, think if actually, you got beat up, let, let's be real. If you got beat up by a woman twice your age, you'd you'd be into it. That's not the way my brain's wired. A man no, twice my age, be. maybe. <laughs> what I'm actually getting at here is like, that's even more unreasonable to me because Quoth is forgetting, of course, that this is a woman who's trained since the time she could walk to kick people's asses. And in her culture, as Nick has pointed out, it's men who are of lower social status than women. So there's like an interesting gender dynamic at work there. I don't know that it's explicit that men are uh, at a lower social standing than women in anything other than the fact that like they use, when they speak as of the whole. They speak of women. They Yeah, when they speak of the whole, they use women. But other than that. Well, later we'll find out that that is what they believe. Okay. Fine. Yeah, Reasonable. I would say it's it's strongly implicit. It may not be explicit, but I would say it's strongly implicit. Jordana. I can deal with that. And there are definitely clues throughout the rest of the text, and some of which we've pointed out, like the way that they kind of treat Tempe like crap. Even like one, he's of lower social status because he's a less competent mercenary than they are, but also he is a man. But as Jordana points out, like whenever they are speaking in the general case, like you'll notice she didn't say a little boy who got into his dad's liquor, which is probably the assumption you'd make in 2022 Canada. She says his mother's liquor which I think is an interesting example of the way that the default is the feminine, not the masculine. She's also pervin on her student. She sure is. If if we did a gender swap of this, it would be deeply inappropriate for the male martial arts teacher to uh, to slap at the butt uh, of his female mm-hmm. student. Uh, and so here it is you know, unremarked upon, except that Quoth seems to be a little bit embarrassed by it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... he's humiliated by it, but not in the same way, as you point out, that I think... It would be humiliating in a much more damaging way, I think, if this if the genders of these characters were reversed. Well, that also comes with our uh, cultural understanding, which is closer to that of not the Adam. That's true. Of, like of sexual intimacy being inappropriate. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's a fair point. And I mean, this also makes me think about Elodin and his anecdote about grabbing at my tits. We know now that Elodin, or, you know, we will know that Elodin knows about the ADEM and potentially, you know, has been there and possibly trained there. And I think I posited that maybe Elodin was the poet king, but, you know, that's a bit too cracked even for me. Or is it? But, but, are you, but uh, maybe he imported some of their, uh, their sexual mores and brought them back to Ator where they don't really fit. Yeah, kind of, sort of, or like that that kind of intimacy is no longer like quite so taboo to him. So it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't strike him as such quite so inappropriate. I'm not saying that it would be cool if he slapped fella on the butt, but uh, no, you know, I, I think that there is potentially a through line. And like, I don't think of this as being inappropriate. Like even, I mean, maybe that's just because of the gender swapping, it's also interesting that like she's already kind of expressed a sexual interest in him. I don't know. Like it's interesting to kind of 
challenge your preconceptions, which I guess is what this whole sequence is is about, is about like challenging what you have internalized as part of your cultural upbringing. I think that the the context that maybe might give one pause here, or at least gives me pause here, and I'm not saying that this sequence bothers me because it doesn't really, but I think I it gives me pause because not because she's a woman and he's a man, but because she's a teacher and he's a student. That's what makes the like the sex play feel a little inappropriate. But if they were two equals, yeah, if there wasn't that kind of power imbalance between them, and this was just like a training montage between a teacher and student who are both a little bit older. First of all, there's lots of examples of like sexy swashbuckling fights. I'll direct you to The Mask of Zorro starring Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Famously, there's a really flirty fight in that movie and it's great. But I think it's also like in the vein of like like playing grab ass in the locker room, like like swatting someone's butt with your towel in the locker room. She's it's also, around. I would say, part of a tradition from like Hong Kong action movies. There's a lot of movies where like the the old martial arts master will like pinch or smack the butt in an in a in a chiding way of right. uh, or even a playful way of the student in those old movies. Right. Yeah. Jordana, what do you think about butt pinching? I mean, it's actually kind of a funny thing because uh, I hadn't really considered, like, Quoth essentially has, in a, in a way, I don't, like, I don't actually think he has, but he sort of, like, he's sort of agreed to a certain amount of abuse, right? Like, <laughs> like, if you, like, if you think about, like, how this whole thing started with Vachette and, and the, the Willow Switch... He's agreed to a certain amount of abuse and ostensibly having agreed to it, he has thusly consented. So I guess it's fine. But this is like not the physical, this is like not as much of the physical abuse. Like this feels like almost uh, like it like, because it's like, it wouldn't technically hurt him as much. It feels like it's like veering into emotional abuse. And I'm not sure that he's necessarily consented to that. Well, she's having fun. That's what this strikes me as. Like, she's laughing. She's sort of playing. She's actually enjoying hanging out with him. That's, I think, what's supposed to be our takeaway. Like, And Quoth isn't even really that frustrated. He's yeah, like he's just, like, annoyed. And, yeah, annoyed. but not in a way, I think, that he's genuinely, like, annoyed. I think he's like, oh, this sort of stings my my learned pride a little bit. But he seems to be having a good time, too. Yeah, that's he the He enjoys thing. their time together. He enjoys her answering his questions and she's enjoying it too. I think that's the take. Yeah. They do seem to be getting along quite well. That's the thing. He does not. I think that there's no point in trying to like talk ourselves into thinking of this as some kind of abusive relationship because there's nothing about Quoth's attitude or Vashet's that would lead us to think that either of them thinks of it that way. Yeah. I'm not trying to suggest that it is. I'm not, but someone might listen to this, take this part out of context and then try to make that argument. And I'm going to tell them if they're listening right now that uh, stop that. <laughs> do something else with your time. Yeah, just don't do that. I am out of things. And uh, I don't really want to open up my my email to look at the letters. We've already gone for almost 20 minutes. So let's uh, wrap it up here. All right. We're wrapping it up here. And you can ask us what should have been your first question on tomorrow's page. Uh, the way. way.